Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him simply because they'd seen Jesus. And I did one message, I talked about Jesus being the way. Then I did another message about Jesus being the truth. And tonight, I'm going to talk about Jesus being life. But I want to do a quick recap uh, because who remembers every point that I shared about those other two messages last month? None of you? Excellent. That's why I'm doing a recap. And so Jesus is the way. Let me just um, make a couple of statements about this. I am the way was a powerful statement that Jesus said. Because if you talk to a Roman in those days when Jesus lived, which was the, I guess, the uh, governing body, controlling body, they were the had the army, they were the strength, and uh, and kind of ruled things. Um, if you asked a Roman, they would have told you that Caesar is the way, that they basically lifted up Caesar as a god. They believed he was a god, that they that he was like supernatural in some way. And so they would say Caesar is the way to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and, and all those people that um, they, they would say, well, they would say that God's law is the way, that the law of God, uh, and which was true, but the problem was they added 600 of their own laws to it, which weren't God didn't say to do that. They made them up themselves. And so they added all these laws and then said to all the people, said, you have to obey all these laws. Otherwise, you're just never going to get to heaven. You're never going to have eternal life unless you do all these things. And it was impossible to live that way. And, and they were saying all this stuff. They weren't even doing it themselves. They just made people think that they were. And they kind of ruled over the top of them and tried to judge them in some way. And so they would say that God's law was the way. But Jesus, the Bible, says came to fulfill the law and so he fulfilled the law but showed you how to live he said he was he, and confronted those other things they were adding to it he said all the time said you guys are adding all this stuff to it he said that's not even God's way that's not the way God wants you to live you're adding all this other stuff he said he and he simplified things you know love your neighbor as you love yourself you know he simplified stuff so that anybody could understand it and so had all these people thinking, well, it's my way. And the Romans think, oh, well, it's Caesar is the way. And the way the Romans are living, well, it's, it must be our way. And then you've got the people who were poor, who were broken, who were sick, that didn't think that they, were, they, were, they, had, they had no hope. They had the Romans, did, if they did something wrong, beating them up. And they had religious leaders beating them up because they couldn't live right spiritually and, and made them think that God didn't like them either. And so, and they were just living. And, then, and on top of that, they're sick. They're diseased, they're, you know, there's cripples, there's lame, there's, they weren't just going to the, the hospital or whatever in those days. There were people dying. You know, there's all this stuff going on. And so they've got all these thousands of people that are living poor and broken and they didn't know, they didn't have any way, they didn't have any way to live. And so they just felt like outcasts, forgotten, mistreated, put down, controlled by religious leaders and the Romans. And then we get Jesus enters the picture, enters the frame. And so when Jesus said, I am the way, he was declaring that all the others weren't the way. He wasn't, it was a pretty full on statement. He was saying the Romans, no, that's Caesar isn't actually the way. Wouldn't have been a popular thing to say, but that's basically, he said, I'm the way. And said, I'm the, Caesar isn't God. 
If you want to come to God, it's through me. And so, and he said, the religious leaders, no, they haven't got it all right. And then just by you trying to keep all their extra rules and all that kind of stuff, no, that's not the way. That's, that's, they've added to it. And he showed them how to live. And he, said, and he said, I'm the way. In other words, he said, you can't do enough good. You can't be perfect. You can't do enough things right. You, you will mess up. You, and he said, you can't do it on your own. You need a saviour. And he said, I'm the saviour. I am Jesus. I am the way. And so... He declares this, and so when he declared this, he also demonstrated, he didn't just say it, he showed them. And so he demonstrated the way by healing the sick, doing amazing miracles, explaining God's word in a way even the poor, the poor could understand, uneducated people could understand. He brought God's kingdom to earth, and thousands followed him. Because he didn't just talk about it, he demonstrated the way he demonstrated God's kingdom so we we talked about that and we talked more about that so that's the way then Jesus said I'm the truth now we talked about truth and real truth must have a fixed point must have a foundation if it doesn't have a fixed point or foundation then it can be changed according to what people think and we live in a world today that people come up with their own truth and they try, and truth, they said, oh, well, someone person says, well, that's truth. Another person says, well, that's truth. And, and someone's going, well, which one's right? Which, and, and it's just, it hasn't got a fixed point. It's not based on something. It's whatever I think. And I, th- I think that's true. I think that's the what you should do. I think that's, that's tr- I think that's the way you should live. I think that's true or that's not true or whatever. And so if truth hasn't got a fixed point or a foundation that it's based on, then truth will change or wandering around going, well, I'm not sure what the truth is. And we live in a world that people are wandering around going, well, I don't really know what the truth is. They're searching for truth and they're trying to find it in all different ways. And, and they're trying to, and, they're try, and, they're, and other people are going, well, no, I don't, I don't want to agree with your truth because that has consequences that I have to then kind of do something about if I accept your truth. So I'm just going to make up my own truth and do my own thing. The problem is when you go off and do your own thing with your own truth and your own mind, it has consequences as well, which aren't always that good. And so we live in a world that is searching for truth. People come up with their own theories of truth. I mentioned one example I mentioned was the thing about where the we see a thing that's happening in, a, in Australia around the world about gender fluidity, where um, they are saying, oh, there's uh, there's now 57 different genders. It's tr- you can just look it up. It's real simple. And, uh, and as they talk about it, and, some, and universities are teaching about it, and some of our schools in southern uh, Australia are, are teaching this in school, whether you realise that or not. Obviously, some of you don't realise that, but um, that's what's happening. And so then, and, and there's no scientific basis for it. And science has said, well, that, that's, there's no scientific basis. But they're saying, so they're saying this, I don't even know how they come up with 57 different genders. There's, so there's not just male or female, there's this and there's that, and some of them I don't even know what that means. And so, and so what what's really happening is, is people are looking for their identity and they just don't know who they are. And, so because, and they're saying, however you feel, one day you can be this, but the next day you can change. So there's people living like that, sadly. 
And I'm not, I'm not here to say one thing or to, to beat someone up or say that that's terrible or whatever, but that's the, there's people probably living that way because they're searching for truth and they're just listening to what people are saying and so they're flipping from one to the other and no wonder people's lives are confused. No wonder people are going, man, I don't know what's going on in this world. And so truth, when you let truth without truth having a fixed point of foundation, then truth can just can be whatever. It can just run wild. It can be like this or that and two people can be arguing over what they think that truth is or whatever and suddenly you've got this conflict and neither of them can have a fixed point of what truth is and they will argue and argue and argue and never get anywhere because they're not basing truth on a foundation or fixed point. And so, but if truth has a fixed point, it doesn't change. And Jesus and the Word of God has never changed for thousands of years because it has a fixed point. And Jesus is the foundation of the fixed point. He is the Word of God, the Bible says. He was there in the beginning and, and the Word was spoken. It was a fixed point. It was a foundation. Place and His ways in place to protect us, not control us. Because people would say, well, how come, you know, why does God say we should do this or live this way or live that way or whatever? And, and why, sh- why should we live by that truth? Because God loves us so much He wants to protect us because He knows the consequences of not doing that. He knows the consequences of, of not you know, living that way. And if you live a certain way, there's going to be consequences to that. So he said, don't live that way. Live this way because I already know the results. It's like we have laws in place and road uh, laws and things like that. And there's, there's speed limits in place for good reason. There's speed limits in place around our schools for good reason to protect kids from getting hit by cars. And God does the same thing in his word. And he says, I'll put these in place not to control you, but to protect you. And so his word and his truth is there to protect us. In John 8, 31, 36, it says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace or know the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Another version says, or it will set you free. You will know the truth and you will set, your, set you free. Not just hearing it, but knowing the truth will set you free. Surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham and we're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could freedom... I speak eternal truth. And Jesus takes it to another level. It's not just truth, it's eternal truth, he says. And he says, when you sin, you're not free. You've become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. For a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free from sin, then become a true son and be unquestionably free. And so Jesus then says the truth and knowing the truth will set you free. And he pointed out to them that, hey, you may have a whole lot of things together in your life, but you're still not perfect and there's still sin in your life. And that sin is holding you bondage and you need a savior. And he said, I'm the truth. I'm the way, the truth and the life. So Jesus speaks unchanging truth and Jesus speaks eternal truth. What does that mean? People may come up with their their own version of truth, but it isn't eternal. In other words, people can come up with their own ideas of what truth is and it will die with them. And they can live by that or whatever and that will die with them. But Jesus' truth is eternal. It goes beyond the physical. It goes into the spiritual world. It's It's a kingdom truth. It's a kingdom principle and it's eternal. It lasts forever. 
It's a truth that is a fixed truth. It's a foundation. Jesus is the truth, and tonight we want to talk about Jesus is life. Everywhere Jesus went, he carried life. He, uh, no matter what he faced, no matter what was going on around him, Jesus carried life. And Jesus came face to face with a whole lot of stuff. There was people that attacked him all the time. I shared this morning about, you know, when they tried to trick him about, you know, should we give taxes to the Romans? And they tried to trick him so they had an excuse to actually kill him. That's what they were wanting to do. They wanted him to say something, so an excuse to then execute him. And so that wasn't the only time they did that. So there was always people coming against him, trying to speak against him and trying to pull him down because for whatever reason, they were threatened by Jesus and, and they were mostly the religious leaders that were threatened by hey all these people are following him and he's speaking and we can't compete with his understanding we can't compete with his knowledge and instead of accepting who Jesus was and seeing who Jesus was they decided no we're going to stand on our own ideas and our own thoughts and our own ways and we're going to we're going to fight you on this Jesus and and one of those times and was this in Matthew 12 22 to 29 it says this you know, he, when he was confronted by some of these religious leaders, it says a man was brought before Jesus who had a demon spirit that made him able to speak. So Jesus healed him instantly. That's amazing right there. He was blind and able to speak because of a demonic spirit and Jesus simply healed him instantly and he could see and talk again. The crowds went wild with amazement as they witnessed this miracle and they kept saying to one another, could this man be the Messiah? So the crowds are talking like this, but when the Pharisees overheard what the people were saying about the miracle, they said, he casts out demons by the power of Satan, the prince of demons. They'd run out of things to say. They've run out of like arguing. Let's just—he's—he's he's now doing it by other by Satan's doing this now through Jesus casting out demons, and so now Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives. So it doesn't even say that Jesus overheard what they were saying. They could have been in the background talking, having this conversation, and then Jesus it says perceived their thoughts and motives. Standing right there. So he confronted them by telling them this parable. Any kingdom that fights against itself will end up in ruins. And any family or community splintered by strife will fall apart. So if Satan cast out Satan, he is making war on himself. How then could his kingdom survive? Cast out exorcists to cast them out as well. Because they had guys that kind of, you know, it wasn't just Jesus doing this kind of stuff. There was actually other people that were casting out demons and stuff as well. And so he starts to put it back on them. He's like saying, what, are they doing it by Satan as well? So if Satan empowers me to cast out demons, who empowers your exorcists to cast them out? Go ask them. For what they do proves you're wrong in your accusations. On the other hand, if I drive out demons by the power of the Spirit of God, then the end of Satan's kingdom has come. Who would dare enter the house of a mighty, and this is spiritually speaking now, of a mighty man and steal his property? First, he must be overpowered and tied up by the one who was stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered and every possession stolen. Jesus was saying, basically saying, I'm the one who overpowers the enemy. And I have the power to go in and plunder and take every possession that has been stolen. Wow, that's so good. 
So everything the enemy has stolen from you, Jesus has the power to take it back. Not, you, don't have, you don't have the power. He has the power. But you can ask him and say, Jesus, you know what has been taken from my life. You know what hit the enemy has stolen our family. You know what he's stolen from my life. And you can ask and, the, and the, Jesus can go in on your behalf because the enemy is defeated and he can take back everything the enemy has stolen from you and your family. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.